Hi there, welcome to Money Tips again. Well, this week, again, house prices are continuing to rise despite all the problems we're having with the economy, despite higher interest rates and, and all the things that are going on, uh, all the, the political shenanigans that are going on, property prices are still rising. According to the UK's biggest house uh, mortgage lender, that's the Halifax, uh, prices in June reached average house price in the UK, 294,000. So it's getting near that 300,000 across the board, rose 1.8% uh, in June. Um, it's the steepest monthly increase actually since 2007, believe it or not. So it, it just defies belief that, that property prices can still be, be rising like that. Now, uh, what, what they're saying is due to a lack of um, uh, affordable, uh, available properties in, in certain sectors, in, in larger properties, three, four bedroom houses with gardens. Uh, but despite, I mean, it says that, you know, over the year, it's still rising by 13% on average. Now, this is only the Halifax figures. It's not the official figures, but they are, you know, the, the biggest lender. Um, so let's see what happens. But they, their own economists are saying that it does expect things to slow uh, as as we see. We're seeing petrol prices still going up. We're seeing uh, fuel prices, which will will expected to be the average fuel price for a household is expected to reach £3,000 plus uh, by, by the autumn. So as these things hit people's pockets, uh, and, and maybe that will slow the market down. Well, they're certainly expecting that, that they, they will see because in energy bills are going up by around 300% uh, across the board. So it's, it's bound to be hitting people. You know, when people are paying, say, a £1,000 a year for their energy bill, you know, uh, gas and electricity, and now it's £3,000, it's, it's a huge jump. And that doesn't include what they're paying on extra for petrol and food and all the rest of it. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing a lot of lot of changes. Incidentally, which area had the highest price rise? Northern Ireland. Again, that's an area where there's there's supposed to be all sorts of problems. They haven't even got a fun functioning government in Northern Ireland. They're supposed to be having all these Brexit problems. And yet house prices rose by 15% there uh, to, to June, um, taking the average price of a house there to £187,000. I remember when you could buy houses in Northern Ireland in Belfast, for thirty thousand pounds, thirty or forty thousand pounds, Wales recorded the uh, a sharp growth as well, fourteen percent to average of two hundred nineteen thousand pounds in Wales. Scotland even rose by nearly ten percent, uh, breaking through the two hundred thousand barrier for the first time in its history. So it, it just defies belief. Now interest rates will definitely rise again, according to the Bank of England's chief economist. This is to buck the, the rise in inflation, which is expected to reach 11%. And the Bank of England has warned that more interest rates rises are due as it vows to bring inflation back down to 2%. Well, that's a bit ambitious. Uh, that's, you know, it's five times more than that right now. And they want to bring it down to 2%. Well, they're going to need to have some heavy interest rate rises to do that, right? Um, and th this is the Bank of England that said only about a year ago that you know, inflation was temporary, it was transitory, it's not going to be a problem, it's going to come back down. Now they say they want to bring it down to 2%. That That, that is ambitious. Um, their, their main, um, this is according to a guy called Hugh Pill, uh, said in a speech on, on Wednesday that the main thing was to getting prices down, getting things back to a more affordable uh, situation again, and uh, just, just getting things back to 
So it's sort of a normal situation. But whether they can do that, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we've got, in addition to all this, we've got the pound being weak. So that's putting up the prices of, of all of our uh, imports as well. So let, let's, see, let's see what happens. Now, Boris Johnson, if you, if you haven't if you've been watching any of the news in the UK, Boris Johnson has been ousted as the leader uh, by his own party, by his own MPs. They, 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 they've told him to go and he's, he's stepping down. This is, uh, in, uh, this is before that, uh, a meeting that would have taken place early next week to officially remove him as uh, the, the, the leader of the, the party and prime minister by the, what's called the 1922 committee, which is a committee of backbenchers that can actually vote to, to bring him down. And it's his own MPs then, the, uh, and, and several resignations, over 50 resignations by junior ministers that's actually forced him to go yesterday. So he hasn't stepped down as, as a prime minister, but he stepped down as leader of the party. So uh, the way the system works here, the, the party, the Conservative Party, would have to elect uh, a new leader, and then that leader would be then the prime minister. It sounds a bit weird because, you know, we, we voted for, or people think they voted for a prime minister but in fact they voted for the for their mp and the number of mps then make up the most mps in in the country and then they can form a government so the government is formed and, and then you'd have the leader of the party stand as prime minister but that the party themselves can bring down that person just like they brought down margaret thatcher uh, and they brought down theresa may and installed somebody else it doesn't mean a general election but with all this chaos going on it could uh, possibly force a general election. So a lot of people might say, well, what does it matter to me who's who's prime minister? In a way, that, that is true. You've got to get on with your own life, your own business, your own work, and not be um, distracted by all the political things that are going on. And that, that, that is true. Just look after your economy, your, your economy, rather than the economy. And, and that's the way I think you should generally run. But again, look at the, the overall situation. Look at the the economics of the situation. Rishi Sunak, the the, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, this uh, guy who's married to a, 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 a the daughter of an Indian billionaire, uh, he has, has walked out of his job this this last week, this past week, as did Sajid Javid, another minister, senior minister, uh, and he he will be replaced by someone called Naheem uh, Zahawi. Uh, you you may not have heard of him, but he was quite prominent during. Uh, the, the, the vaccination stage of, of, of politics a couple of years ago. He became the vaccine minister and he has now been appointed as the the new Chancellor of the Exchequer. And he wants to rebuild the economy and get soaring inflation under control. Well, doesn't everybody? You know, of course you want to rebuild the economy and get inflation under control. But we could see a new approach from him. Uh, we could see uh, more, more boosting economic growth and cutting taxes. As he said, nothing is off the table, he said. But there's there's that, that so that's something that we could see a bit more uh, tax cutting to, to boost inflation and and this is something that that Rishi Sunak was criticised for for not doing enough in his spring statement. Uh, there's also a raft of legislation going through Parliament, which you know if if there was a change of government could could bite the dust. These include levelling up plans and property and tenants rights. You know we've we've written about this a lot. Section twenty one going no fault evictions. Uh, leasehold reforms as well and and also the way properties are advertised that's all going through this leveling up process and I will discuss more about this on my UK property talk show tomorrow at 10am 
uh, you, you can join me there live on, on Zoom. Uh, and I'll put a link up to that. I'll have a guest on tomorrow talking about these 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 changes that are going through in, in property. In brief, estate agents are going to have to be a little bit less lazy about how they advertise a property and put more information up there uh, so, so that people understand what they're getting into. I mean, if you, if you look at a leasehold property with a typical estate agent now, they'll just say leasehold. They won't tell you how long the lease is or they might say long lease. Uh, they won't tell you what the service charges are. They won't tell you what the ground rent is, how often, they, and all these things. So that's that's going to be sorted out. Certainly on, on my agency, Open House, we try to be as transparent as possible uh, and, and give all the information out because how can uh, somebody value a property without knowing the length of the lease and, and the service charges? Because clearly that, that affects the value of the property. And some agents don't even know the length of the lease. Oh, I'll get back to you on that or to be advised. So that's something that at my own estate agency, Open House South Hearts, we do look at very carefully because we want to be as open and transparent as possible. And what's the point of putting something up on a, on a listing and somebody just asks you, well, how long is the lease? Then you have to tell them. You might as well put it up on, on the listing uh, straight away. So I'll discuss this in more detail in my UK property talk and I'll put a link up for that as well. Now, there's a pension scandal going on. Now, this is nothing to do with private pensions. This is to do with the, the government state pension scheme it used to be called the old age pension scheme now that this this scheme has gone through various transformations since since it started you know 50 60 years ago uh, just soon after the war when they brought out this this uh, state pension provision uh, and, and this all cradle to grave uh, care that people are supposed to have so the idea is that you work all your life you pay what's called national insurance which is a tax and then you get this pension to retire on but this pension is not very much. Uh, it's a couple of hundred pound a week, if that, for most people. So don't expect to be living on this state pension. And people say, oh, I worked all my life and I paid all this money. But how much money have they actually paid in? When you look at it, when they started work 50, 40 years ago, say, that the, the contributions to this, this pension were, were hardly anything, a few pounds a week. And later you make more contributions. But then you're retiring on this amount of money. And you, if you actually work it out, if you lived five, 10 years, you probably spent all the money that you would have put into the scheme anyway, uh, because the scheme is not invested. It's just a uh, pay as you, you go. So the, the money that people are getting now as pensioners is, is paid for out of taxes that people are working, people are paying now. There's no fund there with your name on it. But getting back to the main point is that uh, it's, it turns out that a lot of women in retirement have been underpaid on their state pension previously, more than previously thought. Uh, figures suggest that 200,000, 237,000 state pensions were paid less than their entitlement and, and the, the, the payments amount to like one and a half billion. So the government needs to do something about that and they are looking at it. But if you want to inquire about that, if you'd like to sort of get on board and say, look, what's happening with my provision, then get onto the DWP, Department of Work and Pensions website and, and look at that. Uh, because it's now, I mean, 105,000 more people are affected by by this scheme. So that includes any women, widows, divorcees in particular that could be affected by, by these state pensions. But in, in reality, if you're young, I wouldn't rely on, on the state pension to, to look after you in, in retirement because it's just not going to happen. They're already pushing back the retirement age, 66, it was 65 for people now, 66, 67 soon. Uh, the, the women 
used to be able to draw their pension at 60. Now that's been moved up as well. So it's all going to be equalized, as they say. Um, but you've got to really look after yourself. You've got to row your own boat, as I've often said, make investments. And I, I don't think pensions are necessarily the best way to invest, particularly the type of pensions that you're getting through companies now and through state provisions. Uh, they're just money purchase pension schemes. This is in addition to the state pension scheme. Your employer might be putting in a little bit for you and you're putting in two or three percent of your salary. That's not going to be enough to retire on. So you've got to make other investments or really top up your pension so that you're putting in 10, 15 percent of your salary. Then it, it might amount to a, a, a fund that will give you a comfortable retirement. But what people are putting in now under, under the state provision and the compulsory uh, work-based pensions is just not going to be enough. It's, it's just it's, it's a drop in the ocean. And the type of funds that they're in, they're just in a money purchase fund. So it depends on the, the value of the fund at the end of, of your working life as, as to how much you're going to get. So if the, the fund managers have not done very well and the, the stock market or the stock market's dropped at that time, you, you could have a very different story. Uh, and then I've said this to people who've got pension funds already, they should look at their pension funds, see if the, the investment decisions being made by the managers fits in with their own risk profile, and also look at the market now. The market is, is really at a high point, and if it drops uh, tomorrow, if there's, a, is a, if there's a stock market correction crash, as, as there has been in America already, um, you could see the value of your pension funds really be, be hit by, by this drop. It could go down 20, 30, 40% if, if the market was to, to go into a into a crash. So you've got to look at that, look at talk to your advisors and say, look, am I safe if there's a market correction? Could we park the money that's already there into a safer fund and maybe to a bond fund, deposit fund, so that it protects the growth that you've accumulated already. So that's just a little tip there. But if you want to learn how to create more wealth, how to build wealth uh, and, and in, in other types of investments, particularly in property, then you can claim your free wealth discovery call with me uh, by clicking on the link there and I'll take you through a 30 minute wealth discovery call where we can look at your options and look at how you can build wealth and, and control your finances and instead of just relying on the state or some employer pension scheme because you know unless you're in the government pension scheme which is a guaranteed scheme you're, you're, you're really not going to, to get much out of the normal work-based pension scheme. So thanks very much. If you want a wealth call, click on that. If you want to join me tomorrow for my UK property talk, we'll have a guest on. Uh, click on the link and register, and then you can join me live on Zoom for that. So thanks very much. If, you look, if you're watching this in the, uh, in, in, on YouTube or on Facebook, please click like and share and you know, get it out there to everyone. So thanks very much. Have a great weekend. Bye for now.